Hey guys, just a quick reminder that the Ruben Report community is officially here. This is the first project of my new tech company, Locals.com, and you can get ad-free video, ad-free audio podcast. You can communicate with me. You can communicate with other fans. We've got a news feed that has no algorithmic manipulation. There's no shadow banning or de-boosting or the rest of it. We're gonna be building out these communities for all sorts of creators over the next coming months. But right now you can sign up at rubenreport.com or you can download the Ruben Report app in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. All right, people, I'm live on the YouTube. It's 8.45 a.m. Pacific here in not-so-sunny Los Angeles. It's 11.45 a.m. Eastern on the East Coast. And uh, we're doing these twice-a-week direct message live streams. Uh, today, we're doing these 20-minute videos. Today, I am just going to be answering your questions. I'm just going to share one thought, my one direct message thought of this Wednesday, and then I'm going to get all to your questions. As a reminder, we're only taking questions at rubenreport.com. I'm not taking questions from Twitter. I'm not taking questions from YouTube. Clyde, you want to say hi to everybody? Clyde, Clyde, come here. You want to say hi? Get up here. Um, come here. Come here. All right. There we go. All right. This is Clyde, everybody. You've all met Clyde already. We're doing good here in lockdown. Guys getting good walks and a lot of good food. Oh, okay. So the one thought that I want to share with you guys um, before I get to all the questions is uh, I wouldn't recommend that anyone ever go on Twitter, right? But I would say right this moment, it's a, it's a rare lapse in that because I tweeted out something this morning, excuse me, all right. Uh, I tweeted out something this morning that I really think everybody should take a look at. It's a clip of CNN's Chris Cuomo and he's uh, broadcasting from home. And one of the interesting things right now is watching all of these broadcasters or journalists, whatever you want to call them, be at home right now with kind of crappy lighting and whatever makeshift way they've got to do it. And they don't have their fancy teleprompters and staffs of 50 people and all the makeup people and all that stuff. Uh, there's been a great equalization of cable news or general news, network news, whatever it is, and the YouTube thing and everything else. Now, we obviously do a pretty high level of that here because I have a functioning studio that I could have a show on CNN or Fox or, or HBO tomorrow. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, Cuomo this morning played a clip of Trump and basically Cuomo laid it out saying that Trump was lying to people, giving all these people false hope. And then they play this clip where Trump basically says, I'm a cheerleader for the country. And the implication of the whole thing is that all he did was tell people good news when there was bad news on the horizon. Of course, you're not going to believe this, guys. It was a selectively edited video. And uh, Ryan Savadra uh, posted the full video, which I retweeted. And in the full video, you hear Trump saying, I'm a cheerleader for the country. I want people to understand that there's good news. I want good things to happen to the country. But, and then they, that's where Cuomo basically stops the clip. And then the next sentence is basically, but we close the border to China. We stop flights from China. We stop from some European countries. And then Trump is going on about some of the other things that he's done. Now, it doesn't matter whether you think Trump has done all this stuff correctly. It doesn't matter if you think he's done everything wrong. The issue has nothing to do with Trump, actually. This is the perhaps bigger than any of the things that our government is doing right or wrong at the moment, and perhaps even in a really weird, twisted way, bigger than the coronavirus, is the abject failure of the media to be honest. Why not just be honest, Cuomo? And, and not on... On top of all of that, it's like that's pretty much in in any by any standard of journalism, that's pretty much a fireable offense. You are selectively 
editing videotape, to add commentary, to make it seem like what you said is what happened, when in fact, it's the 180 polar opposite that happened. Now, if CNN had any journalistic integrity, which there's no reason to think that they do, I mean, they've got Brian Stelter hosting a show called Reliable Sources, which if it was called Unreliable Sources would actually make a lot more sense. Um, this, is, this is embarrassing, and it's exactly why every time I say the word journalist, I have to put air quotes around it. So anyway, it's just important for you guys to be aware of it, and I would recommend that you go on Twitter and look at the clip, because you know, for all the people that only watch cable news, they watch CNN, they see that, it makes it sound like, like Trump was, was lying or offering false hope, and then they have no way of countering reality to that. And that's why this great equalization is so interesting. It's also got a huge set of problems because uh, we've got big tech that eventually could just say, well, you guys that are telling us the truth just can't be on YouTube and Twitter and everything else. That's, by the way, why we started Locals.com and why we've got a great digital community going over at RubenReport.com. All right, I want to get to your questions. Um, I literally just saw this one uh, about a minute before we started the live stream. Uh, Bernie Sanders has suspended his 2020 presidential campaign. Thoughts? That's from Kevin. Um, yeah, I mean... Good, great, fantastic, wonderful. The ideas of progressivism and socialism are terrible ideas. They have nothing to do with liberalism. There is no problem that Bernie doesn't think the government can solve. That's the reverse of how I look at the world. I think the government may basically creates most of the problems. Um, it's going to cause a massive rift now in the Democratic Party because the younger socialist, radical, progressive, psycho basically base and the Bernie bros uh, of Twitter um, are not going to vote for Biden. And you see, I've seen some public people say I was going to support Bernie, but now I'm supporting Trump, which seems actually kind of nuts. I mean, I get this idea that you're sort of anti-establishment, but like you're going from socialism to capitalism. You have, you're missing a piece of this. And if it's just because you don't like Biden, well, it's like, if you sort of think Bernie's right, Biden's a little bit closer to that. Biden's even bought into some of the intersectional nonsense, which is why he's having trouble completing a sentence because he doesn't know what he thinks anymore. Um, but the idea that you would go from Bernie to Trump, unless your whole thing is just screw every mainstream thing possible, um, seems like a pretty thin argument. But either, either way, I think most of the Bernie people just won't vote. I think the Democrat uh, vote in general is gonna be deeply, deeply depressed I still have a feeling it may not be Biden, but more than anything else, again, if you vote for Joe Biden as the president, as the Democratic nominee to be president, you have to know you're voting for his VP. There is no way this guy can do this for four years. I don't think he can do it right now. I mean, these, these video chats that he's doing with PBS and CNN and the rest of it, like they're deeply depressing. The guy can't finish a sentence. It's sad. I don't mean it to be glib or anything else. It's actually sad. And they better figure out what they're doing because either they replace him, he'll just say, you know, I, I can't do it or a medical thing came up or my family or whatever. And they replace him right before the convention. And by the way, they won't give it to Bernie. They'll just give it to someone else altogether, maybe like an Andrew Cuomo or something else. Or just know that you are voting for whatever woman. He said, it's got to be a woman. So you're voting for whatever woman uh, Biden wants uh, to choose, or I should say that the DNC wants to put behind him. Um, let's see. Um, can you address, this is from Becca, can you address some of the best actions individuals could take to reverse the government's COVID-induced seizure of power and rights violations? Do you think lawsuits after the quarantine is over will be effective, will be an effective enough rebuke? Look, the, the, the two main ones that I'm worried about 
are the right to assembly and right to free speech. Look, we, we can talk about the stimulus, we can talk about bailouts and the validity of all these things and if we ever do them correctly and all the pork in there and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this idea that the government has been telling us that we can't assemble. Now, I've said this in my interview that's up actually right now. We just posted an interview with Jeffrey Tucker from the American Enterprise Institute, and we talk all about this because I wanted to do a show about sort of what is the classical liberal slash libertarian take on government overreach, on bailouts, and the rest of it. It's a, it's a great interview. This guy is super, super interesting. I think he's one of the clearest thinkers we've got. By the way, the videos were all demonetized by YouTube, so thank you guys. Uh, for supporting us at RubenReport.com. Um, but anyway, our whole interview was really about what your question is there. I'm worried about the right to assemble because right now you can't, you, if you wanted to get 10 people together, technically you're not allowed to do it. Now, I, I accept that social distancing and this six foot thing is important. Um, you know, my family's doing a Passover Seder tonight where everyone's going to be in their house and we're just going to put laptops at the table. We normally have a table of like 40 people. Um, and we're, we're all abiding by that, right? And people are doing this all over the world. And when many of you have, uh, have Easter dinner, you're going to be doing that on Sunday and, and the rest of it. Um, but when government can come in and tell you that you can't assemble, um, when we watch uh, articles being taken off social media because they run counter to whatever mainstream media is pushing, these are things that I'm concerned about. I'm not saying that in these extraordinary circumstances, you can't temporarily, to make sure for public safety, make sure that people don't do certain things. But we just have to be wary. It's almost like every time that something crazy happens, you know, it's like you don't let a good crisis go to waste. That's what politicians do. And then they sort of test us. Like in a way, and when I say this, I don't mean this at a conspiracy level. I mean this at just like a mass human level. Everything that has happened in the last five weeks, let's say, or six weeks, it's been sort of a test. Could we get people to just stay in their homes? Can we get people to not go to work? Can we get people to do this, that, the other thing? Um, and we all basically passed the test, by the way. I, you know, whether you consider this test a good test or not, you know, we're not out in the streets killing each other right now. There hasn't been rant, you know, tons of looting and murders and house robberies and all that. Like, despite how crazy this is, the amount of people that have been laid off and the rest of it. I think the best of America has been shown here. The issue, and I think this gets to the heart of your question, is that after this thing, can we all step back and remind ourselves what our rights are? What are those rights in that Constitution thing, in that Bill of Rights thing? What are those rights to make sure that they can't be infringed upon? And as I've been saying since the beginning of this thing, I think there are going to be tons and tons of questions asked both about our political system, our media system, our entire establishment, the institutions, all of those things, but also personally. Do you want to commute to work anymore? Do you want to live in a big city? Do you want to be so reliant on these systems? Do you maybe want to live in a place where you could grow some food or be able to protect your family better or all sorts of things? So I think we're going to see migration patterns change. I think people are reevaluating their lives. You know, I posted this thing on Twitter the other day. For the last month, I have been having the craziest, most vivid dreams probably of my life or certainly, certainly in the last 20 years as an adult, something like that. And I posted this and I got hundreds of responses that you guys are having the same things. That means that our brains are trying to process a lot of stuff right now. And, I, and my belief, and I think there's some dreaming experts that have you know, said this sort of thing, is that the reason you dream is because there's a, there's a certain amount of truth and reality and conflicting information, all this stuff that we're all getting all day long. And you can't process that all day long and then also function as a person. And at night, your brain is just working through a lot of those things. 
And I think the fact that a lot of us are dreaming differently right now and thinking about the world differently and the rest of it is, is super interesting and it's, and it's hopeful. Like I'm deeply hopeful. Like it seems like we have a lot of problems, but I'm telling you, I really believe the roaring twenties are coming after this. Uh, the one asterisk that I would place to that is if the media so chooses to try to tank the economy, you know, you can feel like I, I feel it. I mean, even, even I've seen it with some of the guests that I've had on the show that, that have Trump derangement syndrome, you can feel, they feel that there's blood in the water and they would do anything. They would love to tank the economy if that's what it took to take out Trump. I mean, not only is that it's crazy, but it's deeply un-American and everything else. Again, doesn't mean you have to think Trump did everything right here or didn't do any, everything right. And we're not even out of the woods yet. Um, but I think the media does feel, and it's why, by, by the way, when I mentioned this Cuomo clip from earlier, uh, CNN is no longer putting the Trump press conferences up. So they take away the entire hour long, it's usually about an hour, sometimes more, hour long thing where Trump is talking directly to the media and you can watch it unedited and you can make a decision for yourself, right? Um, and instead they show you these clips that they manipulate. So I, I'm way more concerned about the danger of that. And again, this is uh, very much what my conversation with Jeffrey Tucker is all about. Um, let's see. Do you guys have any favorite cooking shows or favorite food, blog, websites, or cookbooks? Well, so one of the things we've been doing in the community is we're posting all sorts of food that we're eating and barbecue that I'm doing. And David's an incredible chef. Uh, actually, um, he's working on a cookbook right now uh, and expanding his website. But in the meantime, you can go to Instagram.com slash David's cookbook and you can see some of the types of things uh, that we're eating. And one of the things that I've been doing is I've become really, I've always liked to grill, but I've really become a freaking smoking master out there. So I'm, I'm smoking tri-tips and lamb racks and uh, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of burgers. We're doing a spatchcock chicken. That's not a dirty word. It's when you take a whole chicken, you rip out the spine, you kind of butterfly it, fillet it and, uh, and grill it. We're doing all, and then smoke it too. We're doing all kinds of cool stuff. So, uh, and by the way, tons of you guys are posting your food pictures too. And that's actually what I'm more interested in right now. I'm more interested in what are you doing to potentially better your life in the midst of this thing. Are you cooking more? Are you gardening, as I said? Are you doing more exercise? Are you eating right in general? What music are you listening to? All, all sorts of stuff. Um, let's see. Um, have you thought of running for office? This is Wayne, mayor, or, <laughs> mayor of LA or even governor. I mean, I can't say that I've never thought about it, but I don't think it would ever happen. The machine would have to be so different than it is. you know. Look, I'm able to say what I think here. I'm able to communicate with you guys and you guys can communicate with me and we can share something. And I think I'm a pretty decent communicator of, of ideas. And that's why I like doing this. That's why I wrote this book that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, the idea of becoming a mayor in LA or, or a governor or even a senator, like that doesn't appeal to me. I could see some situation like 20 years from now, maybe, when I retire and I really just like disappear altogether of, of trying to become like the mayor of a, of a small town that I live in and just trying to help at the most local like community level possible. Um, the big thing is not really for me, though I could see something perhaps, you know, Candace Owens has now said that she's going to be running for national office. It's unclear if, whether it's going to be senator, governor, or whatever. There's always rumors that Shapiro could run for something, or, or I guess some of the other people that I'm that I'm in circles with. I could see some situation maybe where I could be a press secretary. Like that actually kind of seems fun and interesting to me. Like you know, you've got the president or the governor, whoever 
whoever it is. And then you've got the media and the press secretary is the guy between those things uh, who has to communicate ideas, who has to answer the questions. I think I have a good handle on, on the nonsense of the media. Um, so I can see something like that, but I think I'm doing the best thing that I'm supposed to be doing right now. Um, we all know how you feel about Star Wars. This is Devin, uh, but I'm genuinely curious what your thoughts are on Lord of the Rings. You know, I think I just need robots. I need robots. I need space. I need some sci-fi. I like dystopian future stuff. Um, I like lasers. I like spaceships, all of those things. I don't really love that other medieval thing. Um, so I didn't really love the movies. I, I didn't. I, I've never read the books. I, I didn't really love the movies. I know they're good. I know. Not only do I know they're good, but I'll make a major concession here. I mean, Star Wars, especially the last three, the lore of it and the, the ethos behind it, is so wrecked and confused and messed up that they've really just mangled Star Wars to a point where it's interesting. As far as I know, they haven't even announced a new trilogy yet. You know, they're doing some one-offs, but it really tells you that they've really like, they've completely lost the plot as it were. So Star Wars is a freaking mess right now, um, which is very depressing. Mandalorian was fine. I, I didn't think it was spectacular, um, but I need a little force, I guess. And there, you know, there was a little baby Yoda force, but I need a little more force than that. Um, but my hope is that at some point now, they're going to be able to reset Star Wars into something that, that makes sense. And not every time they're about to give you an emotional moment to take it away like they did in the last movie, which was actually, the last movie was fine. J.J. just had to clean up so much garbage that Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi. But then every time there's an emotional moment, you think Chewbacca's dead. Now he's not dead. You, see, you think C-3PO never has, has no more memory in effect, dead as a robot, then he suddenly has memory again. Um, you think, um, what's his name? Finn is going to die several times. He keeps coming back. And the one before that, you think that, that uh, Poe is going to die. He comes back. So every time they give you an emotional moment, they take it away. Um, and, and that's highlighted more, more than anything else by in The Last Jedi, that moment when Rey and Kylo Ren, uh, they're in the palace, you know, in the red room, uh, right after they kill Snoke. And they're on the same team and you're like, holy cow, has the light and the dark come together? This totally flips the script on Star Wars. This is new and interesting. And then by the end of the scene, they go their separate ways. So Star Wars just got all sorts of mangled. But yeah, I, I just don't love the, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm gonna, this is Sinwin. I'm going to ask you one of the most difficult questions on Earth, Tupac or Biggie? You know, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I like, I like Frank Sinatra. Um, I listen to a lot of Dean Martin. Uh, my all-time favorite, of course, is, uh, is Frankie Valli. I should have been born in the 40s, so I could have just been listening to music in the 50s. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. What was your first job you had as a teenager? Great question. So I was a camp counselor, like a day camp counselor for, for a while. I don't, that doesn't really count as a job. My first job, like when you think of a teenage job, just like crappy job. Oh, and I, I delivered newspapers in the neighborhood, um, but I worked at a really dumpy drugstore in a mall. Try to picture a Long Island mall like a drugstore. Why is there a drugstore even in a mall? And you know, I was basically like a stock boy and I had basically all day long, I would have to go to the shelves and you know, if people picked out a few things, you gotta move the stock up. So basically I just spent a summer just moving the stock up, and you know, moving little hair products up, moving the teeth toothbrush up, moving the, the floss up, the lipstick and all that. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty terrible. It was pretty terrible, but it ends up being a, a happy story because right across the way from that, uh, 
mall drugstore was an electronics boutique, which you kids out there may know as GameStop, although I guess GameStop's not doing too well either these days. Um, but at the time, it was known as electronics boutique, and it was a video game store. And uh, I was obviously huge into video games, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, the whole thing. And I ended up, my first job out of college was, I don't like to brag, but I was an assistant manager at uh, Electronics Boutique in Broadway Mall in Hicksville, Long Island. Uh, and I moved, as I always tell my friend Colin Moriarty, back in 99, I moved more red Pokemon for Game Boy than anybody, okay? We could not keep them on the shelves. I moved Pokemon like nobody's business. Um, and I actually really did enjoy that job. But, you know, it's like anything else. If you start working in something you love, you suddenly see the underbelly of it and it's not as fun or sexy and you start hating video games and, and the rest of it. Um, oh, there was another question here actually about video games. So I've got this PlayStation 4 over there in the other room and you know, I, I'd have no freaking time, but I've been trying last night, I tried it again, to just find a few little moments here and there where I could play something for a few minutes. And I'm trying to play with my, with my brother and my two childhood buddies and my nephew. So we just downloaded, we all got Gauntlet, something Slayer Edition, I think it is. It's $4.99 on PS4. I think it was a PSP game. Um, and we got headsets, and we just haven't even been able to coordinate a time. But I have played that for a little bit. It's mindless. You just get to crush stuff and, and smash things and jump around. That's what I like. That's what I like. I tried to play Battlefront on, uh, last night, and it's like, I just can't. I can't do it. I can't run that way. I can run that way. I could run that way, but I, I can't run that way. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, oh, that question, by the way, about Nintendo, that was Esteban in Mexico City. Hola, amigo. Um, let's see. Uh, did you watch Tiger King? It's freaking hilarious. We watched uh, the first one, and I actually fell asleep. I, I have a real issue <laughs> in life about if it rolls around to like 9 o'clock or so, and we start watching something, I rarely, rarely can make it to the end. Like if I'm on the couch, I can, I can be up and productive and working all day long, every day from the second I wake up, um, until, until the night. But once I get on that couch and we start talking, I have a, I have a hard time waking up. Uh, I will tell you this over the weekend, we rented the hunt, uh, which was a really, really interesting sort of a throwback to eighties action movies, but it has a really, um, insightful twist on sort of Trump supporters and the media and the liberal elite and everything else. I won't say any more than that, but I would recommend that you check that out. It's just kind of fluffy, sort of more 80s action, bloody, bloody as hell nonsense. Uh, but you might want to check that one out. And the other thing that we're doing right now is we started watching The Sopranos from the beginning. So tonight we're at the last episode of season two of The Sopranos. And when I watched The Sopranos originally, I started in season three. So as of tonight, I will be caught up to where I was. And it's sort of interesting watching a great, you know, really robust, interesting, in-depth series uh, from the beginning. And especially when you've missed parts, because there's been people that I know aren't going to make it and people I know get whacked and I know other things that happen and who cheats on who and who kills who and the rest of it. So I've been absolutely loving that. I've been thinking maybe when we're done with this, if we stay in quarantine, that maybe we'd restart Battlestar Galactica, because as I said, I do like the robots. Um, all right, so I, I know there's a bunch more questions here, and I will, what I've been trying to do is, because obviously I can't get to all your questions you know, during these 20 minute live streams, I'll jump in the app uh, or on the desktop version at rubenreport.com, and I'll, I'll give you some text answers to these things. Also, a couple quick updates. We now have a full content library at rubenreport.com, so like this today, when our uh, clips with Jeffrey Tucker are demonetized, you can now get the full episode and the clips 
ad-free at rubenreport.com. And that's really how we support the show because YouTube is just a, a crazy landlord. So we, we built a home that we, that we own. Uh, we're also gonna have text chat, which I think is launching next week. We're also working on live streaming um, and a couple other really cool features. And we're building something that I actually really do believe is internet 3.0 that everybody, whether you're a, a, a politics guy or a talker or a gamer or a knitter or an unboxer, or you work at a nonprofit or at a synagogue or a church or a mosque or a local sporting community, whatever it is, um, that digital homes for communities are the future. And then they will figure out how to communicate with each other. And we do that on the back end where you can create your own networks with other like-minded people and all sorts of interesting stuff. So we built something really cool with locals.com. You guys can sign up for your own locals community. If you're not a creator per se, you can join other people's communities. There's no trolls and bots because it costs a couple bucks to get in. Uh, there's no deplatforming because all the creators create their own set of rules. So if, if, I, if you come into my community to just raise hell, I don't want your money, I'm gonna boot you out, but you haven't been deplatformed because you can be in anyone else's locals community. I think it's a mature, decent way of looking at the internet from bottom up and not asking big tech or the government to solve all of our problems. And all right, considering I just woke up uh, 45 minutes ago, I would say this was pretty productive. I'm gonna have a little sip of coffee here. You guys have a great day. I look forward to continuing to uh, to talk to you over at rubenreport.com and just stay sane in the midst of all this. There is a silver lining. We're all gonna get through this thing together. I have no doubt about it. And for those of us that are awake as opposed to woke right now, um, I think we have an opportunity to, uh, to help usher in something really cool after this. And I hope that uh, you will join me in being a part of that. All right, have a great day, everybody. Hey, Ruben Report podcast listeners, just a quick reminder that my first book, Don't Burn This Book, Free Thinking in an Age of Unreason, is now available for pre-order. In it, I show you guys how to navigate a world of outrage mobs, political polarization, and online censorship without totally losing your mind. Pre-order your copy now on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, or go to don'tburnthisbook.com and order yours today.